And that's right, here I am. What's going on? <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time it is. I do not know, but thank you for listening. Thank you for streaming. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Please leave a review. Please share on Facebook. Check out Patreon. Check out the Facebook page. Check out the Facebook discussion page. All of that good stuff. And let's get to it. All right. I was like, what am I going to do this week besides record the eschatology series? And well, I thought I would address something. Uh, that's pretty common, um, especially, well, let me see here. Maybe not in popular evangelicalism, but in the charismatic uh, camp. And definitely on the more fringe, fringy sides, okay? Which the fringy, the fringy side of the charismatic camp is a lot more prominent than some of you may realize because it's just out there. So um, it's it's mixed. It's mixed, but it's out there. So because of that and because of the wide variety of all of the things out there like books and podcasts and YouTube videos and all of that good stuff, there is a multitude of voices that people can take in and add this to their theology. And when they're adding to their the theology, um, a lot of times they're just taking these people's words for it. So what I want to talk about is, um, may not be that controversial to some of you that are listening, but it would be f definitely for um, a handful of people that I know and my friends, and which we disagree. And we've had the conversations on Facebook post before and um, well it's the topic of can a Christian have a demon all right so and here's the thing a couple of years ago would have said yep absolutely would have said oppression something could have been attached to a person um, an influence open up a door given a foothold, etc. Um, I don't I don't subscribe to that anymore. So the short answer that I have now is no. All right. So goes to show you that um, things do change. Thoughts do change. Theology changes. The more you study, the more it changes because the more it develops into a biblical and a biblically sound theology. So I, ch I changed. I changed my mind because I can't find it in the Bible. <laughs> so um, if I can't find it in the Bible, then it can't be a part of my theology. Okay, so let me... There's my clicks now. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> I want to do... Um, I just sort of want to paint this picture of, you know, there's... There's obviously problems that people can have from their past, okay, from their lives. There is hurt, all right. There are still circum or uh, yeah, there are still consequences from certain circumstances or situations that 
a person has done something or committed a sin, etc. And you still have to deal with those things. All right. Now, some people call it inner healing, um, stuff like that. I'm not so con- I'm not so convinced that there's like the spiritual type of thing that you have to do, um, like some sort of you know A plus B equals C type of deal for absolute freedom. I think it's just what I would say. It's the just growing in the Word, growing in in your prayer, growing in worship, growing in your relationship with the Lord, and through that is the renewal and transformation of the mind and the those parts from the past that you know at some point you have to to deal with and 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 know that it's all right, okay. You are forgiven or that person is um that caused something to you or or whatever um that's in the past this is now and this is what god says you know okay so um and you know you find the appropriate scriptures and context that would address those things and whatnot um so i i don't i don't personally um want to prescribe an experience or an experiential experiential theology or an encounter theology or evangelistic type of tool to bring somebody out of something or to cast a demon out. All right. So that being said, those who would say that a Christian could or can and do have demons they say you can open up a door, you get the foothold, all that type of stuff. It's type of music you you uh, listen to, the movies and TV that you watch, um, things like that. Um, do those things have a degree of influence? Absolutely, they do. And you should be wise and discern what you let your eyes and ears take in. You know, um, is it releasing a demon? Uh, you know, in into you, um, no, or uh, one to attach to you, no. And I'll explain in a minute why. So these people can say these things, and I've been around it a lot. And it's well, you did this, and it had a spirit of this, and it's following you around, or you know, you got this painting in your house, you have this toy, um, and that toy represents this, and you know, all you know, that's occult stuff, and blah blah blah. And you know, uh, well, obviously, I wouldn't have a Ouija board, but. Um, I'm not even talking about that. I'm t- saying you can't have like Moa- Moana or whatever, the, the Disney movie and stuff like that. Don't watch uh, Coco because it's about Day, day of the Dead. And it's like we've watched both of those movies. Um, so, um, but, you know, I know people would be like, no, there's not that because there's like, you know, whatever. There's like, um, you know, a Day of the Dead spirit or something. Everything has a spirit, you know. So... The thing is, they can give you all of this extra biblical, or as I would say, non-biblical explanations or arguments for these things, and they'll get some of their information from the actual occult, and they'll use that and say, you've done this, you've done that, so that's what's causing these things, and that's what you we need to get off of you or get out of you they have no biblical 
uh, grounding, though, or foundation for a doctrine of this. None whatsoever. You cannot find it. And, you know, you've heard me say, you got to have more than one verse, at least two, but more is better to, to use when you have um, a, a doctrine or a teaching, which doctrine and teaching are synonymous. So, what... There's nothing in, um, there's nothing in the New Testament um, about someone who's a believer that's repented and received (laughs) the Holy Spirit, um, does this or that, and then has a demon or would attract a, a, a demon or gain a demon. Okay, so it's not there. So people who are pushing this in their ministry and they talk about it a lot and they practice it a lot are creating a bunch of fear. They create a gospel of fear, a doctrine of fear to replicate giving someone an experience of um, freedom through their words, their ministry, their their so-called gift okay so somebody that's operating a full-on deliverance ministry and it's always to a crowd of christians like i would be very very uh uh, wary of that i would raise a red flag i would have a bunch of questions to ask as a matter of fact i would just say (laughs) that's bunk okay but um so when it's happening time and time and again uh, at a church or in a group or something and these are people who are Christians and something is take, going on it's it's been it's hyped up emotionalism it's playing on their their fear or their emotion or their expectation or whatever situation that they're in right now that mentally has taken a toll on them and it, it creates an effect okay and then on top of that, you sin is reactionary sin reacts and we all have sin so if you say no i don't then read john because john says he who says he has no sin does not know the truth and the truth is not in him so we all have sin but a, a secret sin or a great amount of sin of the flesh that would be in there is reactionary it does not want to hear the truth all right this doesn't mean it's demonic that it's in you that's just offense and defense raising its its head and and wanting to um i don't know cause a <laughs> cause a fuss or something so first off let's just get into this okay so galatians 5 um wait you know what hold on actually let's just go to ephesians 1 first all right so someone gets saved they believe they confess with their heart um uh, believe with their heart confess with their mouth all this stuff they're saved they've repented all right ephesians 1 13 and 14 in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised holy spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So, we, you know, we all know when we get saved, we we gain the Holy Spirit. 
he indwells he indwells us because we are a temple, right? So you you're sealed, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. All right, it's the promised Holy Spirit because Jesus said, "Go wait for the the, the promised one, the one we'll send them." Okay, so then what's the issue? What's going on after that? Well, we all have you if you've listen to my podcast you deal with thoughts you deal with the flesh why <laughs> well you know are we 100% dead I'm not so sure anymore I'm changing to on this again okay so like yeah you're dead you've been crucified and raised and seated but there's a duality going on we still are this we we still have um, desires of the flesh that we have to battle. That's our spiritual warfare. Um, me, uh, not today. Me. All right. So Galatians five. Okay. Um, starting at verse sixteen. Like always, most of the time, I'm reading from the ESV. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desi- desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay, so it says there, but I say, walk by the Spirit. When you walk by the, by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, because the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. The two are opposed with one another. And what is inside of you? The Holy Spirit and the flesh. That's what we deal with. It's ongoing until we pass from here and our bodies are glorified, all right? Until the resurrection um (laughs) and we're we're in the presence of jesus all right so yeah so little edit there sorry uh (laughs) the two oppose one another it's still there that's why we grow in sanctification that's why we grow in renewal and transformation of the mind okay so ephesians is out of the way galatians 5 is out of the way let's check out all right we see in first corinthians um six even um at nine let's just start there i guess okay so 
1 Corinthians 6, starting at 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, uh, neither the sexually immoral, um, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So he he goes on to talk about sexual immorality there. And he says, starting at verse 12, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise up, raise us up by his power. Do you not know that, that your bodies are members of Christ? Okay, we're the body. Um, Christ is the head. So your bodies are members of Christ. Shall... I then take the members of Christ and make them members with the prostitute. Never. Or do you know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. That he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Right there. All right. We're members of Christ and we are joined with him. So we... We, who are joined to the Lord, become one spirit with him. And so, then he finishes it out in 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Okay, so we know that at this point we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And the flesh opposes the Spirit, but the Spirit opposes the flesh. The two are in opposition. So walk or be led by the Spirit because... You, since you've been um, sealed by the Holy Spirit, you are you're a member of Christ's body because you have been joined to the Lord, so you're one spirit with him. Okay? One final, well, there's probably two. Okay. In Luke chapter 11... Jesus cast out a demon and then people are like he cast out demons by Beelzebub the prince of demons okay um it says he knew their thoughts and he says every kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste and divi- uh, divided household falls all right so if satan also divided against himself how will his kingdom stand all right um and 
then he says, by the finger of God that I cast out, um, if it is by the finger of God, I cast out demons, uh, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Okay, so we had this thing going on there. I'm just trying to give you some context, all right? So um, then he, he talks about this in, this is Luke 11, uh, verse 24, okay? He says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person it passes through waterless places seeking rest and finding none it says i will return to my house from which i came which would be a person and when it comes it finds the house swept and put in order <laughs> all right uh th then it goes and when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other houses more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. Okay. What is that all about? Okay, so if you pay attention to that text, you can find out what it's all about. <laughs> okay, so... It finds the house swept and put in order. Okay, but there's nothing there. Someone has had something cast out of them. All right, this this demon has been cast out of a person. It passes through places, uh, uh, places seeking rest. It finds none, it says, and says, I'll just go back to where I came. And that person has had something cast out had it cast out of them it's so their mind their heart their soul the temple whatever uh you can use many many words all right he finds he finds it swept and put in order but it's not filled with anything so it goes in it brings seven other spirits more evil than itself to enter and dwell there and now that person is even worse than they were in the first state so never <laughs> never cast a demon out of somebody who is not going to repent and and keep their uh keep their house swept and put in order okay but see we're sealed with the holy spirit when when we repent the the house is swept and put in order and it's being kept in order because it's been sealed by the holy spirit and because our members are joined with Christ and we have become one with him because we're in him. So there, there is all of that. So, um, I think that should do it. Um, well, there's this, there's one, one little part, um, last part here. Um, so let me, let me, let me just overview. Um, you're sealed with the Holy spirit. All right, so you've repented, you've been sealed, your house has been swept and put in order and been indwelt then with the Holy Spirit. You are then um, joined and a member of Christ's body and you become one spirit with him. And um, if you're led by the spirit, you'll walk according to the spirit. But if you choose the flesh, it is in an opposition because the two are in opposition. They don't go together. That's why when you do something and you know you've sinned, you feel um, the conviction of righteousness from the Lord. 
and the need to confess and uh, get that out of your life. It's not a demon. If you're struggling with something and it's reoccurring and it's over and over, it's still not a demon. It's the desires of the lust of the flesh. <laughs> That's why we are to mortify the sin. Um, so what is that? What is mortification of sin or the flesh? Okay, so mort- it has several meanings. Um, one is a feeling of shame or embarrassment in English. Another has to do with death. The word mortify means to kill or subdue. But in a biblical context, to mortify is to subdue the body or its desires through self-denial and discipline. So it's called mortification of sin, mortification of the flesh. Um, uh, it's in the King James translation in Romans eight thirteen and Colossians three five. Uh, so I'll attempt to read King James for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Uh, that's Romans eight thirteen, and then Colossians three five. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Okay, so forni- fornication, unclean um, cleanness, inordinate affection, evil, <laughs> um, what, <laughs> and covetousness. King James is hard. Okay, which all idolatry. Okay. Okay, so anyway, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I do have fun doing these. Okay, so the more modern English, okay, ESV translate mortify as put to death. And in both cases, Paul is exhorting his readers to put to death the deeds of the body or what is earthly in you. Which would prove to say that there is still stuff in us. It's not demonic, though. It's not a demon. You don't need it cast out. So the mortification of sin is the putting to death or subduing of the sinful nature or actually the flesh that still resides in a believer. Okay, so... So, um... If, if we go more to the ESV, all right? So, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Paul's making a contrast between believers and non-believers. He always does sharp contrast in his writings. So, he's making this contrast between those who believe and the, and, and the non-believers. Non-believers are those who, walk, who, who live according to the flesh. But believers are those who, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body. And oftentimes, um, Paul, um, flare, uh, flesh and spirit are, um, are contrasted. So to live according to the flesh is to have your mindset on the flesh and to have a mind that is hostile to God and does not submit to the law of love. All right? So, um, so that really, in a nutshell, is the life of an unbeliever. All right. So you're just decide that you're just going to completely, completely just have your mind set on the flesh tomorrow when you wake up. It just means you're going to go back to living like you were before you knew Christ, but you know better this time. 
All right. So if you actually read, um, um, like Romans eight, two and three, you're going to get a very vivid description of what living according to the flesh is like. All right. So, and those people who live their lives like that will die. And it, it's not even real speak. It's not even speaking of the physical death. All right. It's the fate. Um, that it's a result of sin because the wages of sin is death. Speaking about um, the afterlife there, eternity. All right. But the believer by the spirit puts to death the deeds of the body. All right. So it's through the working of God's Holy Spirit, one uh, or who only dwells in believers, the Holy Spirit, that the believer engages in the process of growing in sanctification, growing in holiness. All right. The believer um, has his mind set on the spirit and submits to the law of love. All right. Um, we're not completely free from it. Putting putting to death the deeds of the body is something that we we all deal with. All right, and so we we must engage in that when we say no to whatever pops up. All right, um, and the point is that 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 the point <laughs> is. That one, the one of the marks of a true a believer is that he is subduing, he is mortifying the flesh. All right, the one who puts it to death or mortifies it, the deeds of the body and its and its fl flesh will live for uh, have eternal life. Okay, so in Colossians three five it says, "Put to death therefore what is um, earthly in you." So he says it's in you. Put these earthly things that are in you. Put it, put it to death there. But we're going to look at it in context. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, uh, covetousness, which is idolatry. That was a lot easier than the King James. So looking at that context of, of in this pa passage, um, therefore, right, um, we, we have to go in, in verses 1, 1 and 4. But Paul ex exhorting the Colossians to seek the things that are above, set their minds on heavenly things, uh, because we have died. All right, not not physically. All right, but and spiritually. To um, we we were dead, but because of the cross, <laughs> it gets pound pounded even more in the death, and then we become alive and born from uh, above. Right. Um, it, he's speaking of uh, sin and the old life and our lives now are hidden with Christ in God. Why? Because we are now joined with him and our and one spirit with him that we read earlier. All right. So the only the only th way for us to deal with this is to know that our life is hidden with Christ. And that is to be led by the spirit to to be heavenly minded. I know that sounds cliche, but it's not. Be heavenly minded, be doctrinally minded, be biblically minded is to put de to death those things that are earthly in us. All right. So, um, oh, um, that's really the gist of it. And Paul, Paul, 
Paul is contrasting it, yes, but what is it ultimately? Um, he's wanting us to put to death sinful desires and and actions, all right, as sexual immorality, impurity, passion. What's passion? That's you know, people will say, Well, what's that? Passion. Well, passion is what drives things. Passion is what drives um, greed and lust and uh, anger and all that stuff is a passion. All right. Um, there's a negative passion. Um, and then evil desires, uh, covetousness, um, all of these things all end up being idolatry. So anyone's life who is characterized by these things is said to have the wrath of God upon him because they're children of wrath. Um, and Paul notes that, um, that was the way of life of his readers at that time. So all believer, believers were at one time unbelievers, right? And we were under that wrath of God. Um, but but now we're not, okay? Uh, so mor- mortification then of the of the sin of flesh um, really equals to sanctification and or holiness. And it's the process by which the Holy Spirit works in the lives of, of God's children who have been received through the spirit of adoption to grow them and form them into the image of God's one and only son, Jesus Christ. All right. Sanctification is God's will for our lives and it's the purpose to which he has called us to. So, um, it's not that we're, we're not dealing with a demon. Christians can't have a demon. All right. So that's the long answer. No, you don't have a demon. You and you can't you can't have one and there is no biblical precedence for people trying to say that you do or you could or um that you need to go through some sort of program or for them to pray for you to see if it'll manifest so they can cast it out of you you don't if you are saved you're filled with the spirit and i and that that means every believer i'm not saying spirit are you a spirit-filled believer you, everyone is a spirit-filled believer because everyone receives the Holy Spirit at the time they repent. And so, sorry if that confused you. I, I just you you have the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You're sealed with Him. You have been your member now. You're joined with the Lord as one. And your house has been swept and put in order, and it's going to be kept in order with walking and being led by the spirit growing in your sanctification process subduing fleshly uh things the earthly things that are still within you that have not been renewed and trans or transformed um by the word it's not a demon (laughs) it's fleshly desires or lust of the flesh and that's that's my story i'm Sticking to it. Okay, so now you know you don't have a demon, you can't have one. So, any questions, comments, complaints, disagreements, which I'm sure there will be, send them to me at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com or join the discussion page. And don't forget to rate us and subscribe and all that good stuff. And until next time, be a mustard seed. B11, thank you so much for listening.